Nelson. And I'm Cindy, her mom. And this is the Kintsugi Conversations podcast. So I was at dinner with some friends the other night, mom, and somehow we got on the topic of like how our parents were with us as kids. And, you know, all my friends were like, oh, yeah, you know, my mama, she would have whooped my if I did X, Y, Z. <laughs> and during the conversation, someone was like, Allison, you're kind of quiet. Like, we know Cindy, like, we know Cindy wasn't going for that. And I was like, y'all, like, you're probably going to be shocked by this, but I have actually never in my life had a spanking. Now, there were things that Cindy wasn't going for, and I knew that, but I never had a spanking in all of my 32 years. Not to say there probably weren't times where you wanted to hit me upside my head, but you never did. And, you know, mom, like my generation overall, I would say the majority of people aren't spanking their kids Mm -hmm. nowadays. Like with my generation, it seems like a lot of people went through a lot of trauma and, you know, have kind of sworn off that. However, you were kind of ahead of the curve when it came to how you know you disciplined me what made you to decide that you were not going to spank me well i don't even necessarily know that it was a decision to be perfectly honest with you guys everybody they never believe me when i say this but god honestly did bless me with the best child mm-hmm. allison was a very good baby and little you know growing up everything. She really was. I'm so thankful. So it wasn't necessarily a decision that I made as far as whether or not I was going to spank you. Mm -hmm. I do know that growing up the way that I did, getting hit with, you know, first of all, you know, belts, extension cords, you know, hands, you know, all that stuff, you know, it, it makes you in your head say, you know, when, if and when I become a mom, I'm going to do things differently. Mm-hmm. So I don't know necessarily if that played a big role in me deciding not to spank you, but just it, it, it was more so I wanted you to always feel safe and always feel loved. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I feel like spanking now don't get me wrong there's some kids that are just bad and just need their ass beat okay i'm sorry they just do <laughs> they just do but overall sometimes i think that spanking especially the way that some parents spank and i don't really know if i can call it spanking i think sometimes that violence begets violence mm-hmm. And it kind of shows the kids that, you know, somebody does something you don't like, then, you know, you just, you beat up on them. Right. And that's not the message that I wanted to get across to you, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think that like studies have shown that, you know, that kind of aggressive behavior in the home, like it can lead to bullying. It can lead to aggressive behavior like with kids amongst their peers because you know it is modeling like oh you did something I didn't like let me just smack you Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying so I mean that is definitely true I think it's really interesting though that like basically what you said is that more or less you were breaking a generational curse you know what I'm saying even back then and also you know hitting to me I'm sorry you can't Tell me you love me and then do something that hurts me. Mm -hmm. That just that it, there's a disconnect in my mind Mm -hmm. with that. So I can't like beat you to tears and then tell you how much I love you. Yeah. That just does not equate for me. Now you, you know, 
your experience growing up and getting you didn't get spankings you got whoopings yeah. you got you got whooped and beat yeah do you think that and i kind of can guess what you're going to say just based on you know we've kind of had this conversation a few times but i am curious as to if i'm right or wrong do you think that that type of discipline worked i can't really say that it worked because honestly the things that i was beaten for i don't feel like they were warranted for that kind Didn't of punishment. Didn't warrant that, that extreme of a reaction. I mean, you, you're going to beat me because when I washed dishes, there was a fork left in the sink mm-hmm. or or something. You know, it, most of my infractions, and I'm sure my mother would always have a different story, but to me, they were so minor because I always tried to do everything that I knew she wanted me to do correctly and on time and on point because I knew what the consequence was going to be. Right. So I did everything I could to try to avoid that. So for me, those minor infractions, it's like, is this really, okay, I didn't take out the trash you know, exactly when you told me to do it, I finished sweeping the floor first and then I took the trash out. So did that warrant me getting slapped? Right. I think like, <laughs> you know, my like thought on that is like, it's two, it's two sided. The first is that like the, the, the crime and the punishment just like had no relation to each other. You know what I'm saying? It exactly. wasn't, it wasn't like, Oh, you know, you didn't take the trash. So you had to take out the trash, you know, for the next five days and you had no help or whatever. Like they mm-hmm. just, they weren't at all react, like they weren't at all related to each other. So, you know, that's kind of, I guess, different than what my generation has been taught in terms of discipline. And then on top of that, it seems like all it did is create fear. Like it didn't, Mm -hmm. it didn't create respect. It didn't create understanding. It just created fear, which I don't know. That's not something that I personally want is for my kids to just fear me, not, I mean, a little bit, but not not fear me and not respect. I want them to respect me, right. not fear me. You right. know what I'm saying? There's a there's a difference. I've heard so many parents like, well, I don't want to be my my kid's best friend. I want them to fear me. I don't want them to respect me. No, you know, of course, being the parent, there has to be a certain amount of fear, but not in the in the fear that oh, I'm going to kill you or I'm going to stop loving you. That kind of like detrimental fear. Mm-hmm. It's just a, a little bit of fear that, oh, if I don't do this, I'm going to get this privilege taken away right. or something that I really want. That kind of consequence, not that something dire is going to happen. Right. And I think that, you know, all in all, like you want your kids to know, okay, like if I don't do this, I'm going to get this, I'm going to get X, Y, Z taken away or this is going to be the consequence. So I better do it. But I also better do it because whatever the bigger reason is like I better turn in this assignment because like you know my grades are important Mm -hmm. or you know I better take the trash down because like if I don't like the trash is going to be full you know I I always want my kids to understand like why they're being asked to do something not just like because I said do it exactly and that was the thing in my house because I said so you know whenever I would have to you know discipline you in any way I always made sure that I talked to you and you understood this is what you did wrong and this is the consequence behind that. But also in this is what you did wrong. This is the consequence behind that. Mm-hmm. I still love you. Right. Well, let's, let's walk through it. So let's say Allison, true story, guys. <laughs> Allison puts lipstick on the TV, mm-hmm. right? What that happens? That was next? Olivia. <laughs> Right, that was actually Olivia, my imaginary friend. But, you know, I'm actually sticking to that. That yeah. was not me. But, 
you know, let's say that four-year-old Allison draws a little TV with lipstick. Mm-hmm. Like, what what happens next? Like, what what was your kind of I guess plan when it came to discipline me, or what were like the action steps that you would take? Oh, well, I remember it just like it was yesterday. And you know, I first come to you and say, you know, who did this? And of course, you gave me this whole story of you know it wasn't you, it was Olivia, blah blah blah. And so, you know, I said, well, you know, that's not what we do on the TV. So the next time Olivia does that, she's going to have to go to timeout. Because again, you know, when your kids are small, three, four, even sometimes five years old, they don't necessarily understand their actions. Mm -hmm. There was lipstick. There was a big right up a screen. You thought it would be nice to color that screen. (laughs) So you didn't really understand what you were doing was something that was wrong. Or or could ruin something. And it wasn't something, what you did, it wasn't something that was going to be like, it wasn't earth shattering. Mm -hmm. It didn't break the TV. It didn't, Mm -hmm. you know, it didn't cause you any harm. It didn't cause any real harm to the TV. It just took time out of my busy schedule to have to clean the lipstick off. Mm -hmm. So what I said to you was next time Olivia does this, she's going to have to go to time out. Mm -hmm. And I explained to you, you know, this is not what crayons are for. This is not what the TV is for. And also I remember getting down on sitting on the floor on my knees so I could be like eye level to you Mm -hmm. so that I could explain to you, you know, this is not, you know, what you do with your crayons. You know, Olivia's going to have to go to time out if she does this again and we may have to take the crayons away. Right. And, you know, from that point on, you know, that was, you you were all good with that. But that was kind of like our little, you know, modus operandi. Whenever you would do some little something that you would do, you know, get down to your level. Mm-hmm. So that I, I'm, I don't, I didn't want to tower over you mm-hmm. and make it seem like, oh, you know, this is, you know, big looming figure. Right. But that again, you know, creates fear. That's not what I was trying to do. I wanted your respect, but I also want you to understand what you were doing, why it was wrong. But still, the bottom line is, even though you may have to be punished, there's nothing that you could ever do that mommy would stop loving you. Right. That makes sense. So, excuse me. That makes sense. So basically, it sounds like first it was like communication. Like, let's mm-hmm. talk about what you did. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about why you did it. And let's talk about why you can't do it again. Exactly. Let's talk about what's going to happen if, if you, you do, do it again. again. Mm-hmm. And then you know, timeout was kind of the the next thing. If it was like a a dire a dire, you know, something I did was was kind of Bad. worse. Yeah. Or maybe if I like reacted inappropriately to you telling exactly. me not to do it, timeout was kind of the next thing. And mm-hmm. then it would be like taking away whatever I was using to do whatever I shouldn't exactly. have been doing. And you were such a you know a sensitive kid. And maybe I don't know if it's because we spent so much time together too. And I don't know, again, this is some, sometimes I think kids are just inbred with certain things. Your, one of your biggest fears was to disappoint me. Mm -hmm. You never wanted me to be disappointed in you. So just the idea that I was going to be, you know, upset or disappointed in you, it would just drive you to tears and hysterics. So I didn't, there was no need for me to punish you because you were beating up yourself. Mm Exactly. So it sounded like like my disposition and the fact that like I cared about, you know, what you thought and that I was a pretty like mild mannered kid definitely mm-hmm. impacted it. Very much. Do so. you think that you would have gone about things differently had my had my disposition been different? I don't think so. I think, you know, still instead of me, I still very, very strongly feel like I was would not have spanked you. Mm-hmm. But I think it, it would have been more we would have tried, of course, time out first mm-hmm. would be, you know, sitting in the corner, sitting or standing in the corner mm-hmm. would have been my next 
mode of discipline. Right. And and if that didn't work, then it would have been, you know, being sent to your room. Mm -hmm. And then it would have been stripping away things that you like, you know, right. no TV or taking away your music box or your phone or even so much as taking away your favorite dolly or something like that. Mm -hmm. th th those were the steps that I would have taken. I still don't think that I would have necessarily spanked you because to me that just that would just create fear instead of respect and an understanding of why you don't do things. Right, right. That makes sense. And of course, we're going to get into like my kids and how I kind of do things. But I mean, obviously, I have a son and a daughter. And I can already see differences in mm -hmm. my son and my daughter and the way that they... First of all, the way that they act up is different. Jackson is very much a no limit soldier. <laughs> like, you know, Harper, Harper can be rambunctious and energetic, but Jackson, like, okay, of course you guys can't see it, but I'm looking at my mom's like liquor display over there and it's a bunch of glass, like liquor, liquor bottles. And I'm like, yeah, that has to go before Jackson comes over here because he will literally just go up to it and take his arm and just knock it all to the ground, but then walk away from it. Like he won't even knock it over and then like try to play with it. He'll just knock it down the ground to like hear it crash and then go on with what he was doing. Okay. I mean, will he be upset before he does it or he just no, does it just no. to do it? No, he just does it to do it. Like he, he'll do it to see what's going to happen when he does it. And then he'll be like, Oh, okay. And leave. Like it won't look back at it again. <laughs> like it's, okay. it's, you know, whereas Harper, the little things that she does. It's more calculated and Harper is more so like Harper is the one that I'll tell her not to do something. And if she really wants to do it, she'll find a way to sneak and do it. Jackson's not even going to ask for it to be told. No, he's just like, huh, what, what would happen if I knocked all this crap off this table? Like, <laughs> let's just see, like, you know, and okay. Well, I, you know, I didn't have a son, but I can see that there are definite differences between boys and girls. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be a challenge. I mean, and I've seen that difference in, in Jackson too, you know, eating his food. And I remember Harper would sometimes like, you know, drop stuff or throw stuff on the floor, but Jackson will basically ask you for it, mm -hmm. look at it, and then just kind of this little smirk on his face, just like drop it. But, and, but here is the difference. And here's the thing that gets me. Okay. Harper would maybe like drop something on the floor. Like she'll hold something and it's still on purpose, but she dropped it. Jackson is going to throw it across the room. And I'm like, why are you throwing these chicken nuggets, bro? Like, why? It's yeah, just, he almost hit me with his shoe. He threw it across the room. The yeah, other day. like for no reason, for no reason. He's a, you know, a little boy. So I guess that was my, my question. And I know that you can't really like answer having not been through it, but do you think you would have handled disciplining me differently if I were a boy? Probably. Again, it would have been getting to your eye level, but you know, sometimes with boys, especially once they start to get older, you do kind of have to put a little fear in them more mm -hmm. so than girls. Cause a boy, you know, it takes nothing for your son to be taller than you, be bigger than you. So you kind of have to let them know, Oh, I'll punch you in your throat. Right. You, know, you have to bring them down to your level and put a little fear. You know, it can't always be when your daddy comes home. Right. Exactly. So sometimes I do think, you know, although I don't, agree with spanking a lot and for every offense. Sometimes I do think though, 
with boys that you may have to take that road with them. Yeah. A little bit stronger than with girls. I've talked to a lot of my friends that have sons. And of course, I'm not quite there yet. Jackson is 16 months. So, I mean, his discipline as of now is just no, no. And like removing him from mm -hmm. the situation. However, I've talked to a lot of friends that have boys that are getting older. And, you know, a lot of my close friends, their husbands also play basketball. And so they're husbands are gone a lot and so they're having to be the ones to discipline their sons mm -hmm. however because their husbands play basketball a lot of these little boys are getting to be bigger than their moms mm -hmm. and what my friends are telling me is that you know they have to demand respect from their sons in a certain way because they have to acknowledge the fact not that they're bad kids but they have to acknowledge the fact that their sons could in theory hurt them mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. if they were to let it get out of control right. because they're, they're bigger, bigger than them they're and they're growing into young men exactly. and you know, maybe the little boy is only 11, but he's towering over his mom at mm -hmm. this point. And so they're, you know, telling me that with boys, there comes a certain respect, there comes a certain time where you, as a woman, you have to demand respect from your son. And sometimes that does involve instilling just a little bit okay. of fear. Mm -hmm. Not that you even have to be physical with him, but maybe, maybe, you know, letting him know that you would if it were to come mm -hmm. to that. And, you know, thankfully they do all in these situations have fathers who are also able to, you know, get involved. But I have heard that it is a little bit different in particular when it comes to mothers disciplining their sons. Yeah, you I, know? Can, I can agree with that. And I think that's, again, the case. Like I said, these boys, you know, they grow a lot bigger than their moms and they grow quickly. Like I said, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old, they're towering over mom. So, you know, you do have to instill a little bit of that, you know, fear in them so that they don't hurt you. The only thing, you know, if if it comes to that and, and we get to that point with Jackson, the only thing that I encourage you to do will be, even though you have to instill that bit of fear in him, always, always though, in the conversation with, I love you. Right. And there's nothing I you agree. can do to make me not love you. Mm -hmm. you know? And I don't plan on spanking Jackson, just like I don't spank Harper, which mm -hmm. I'm about to kind of get into what I do do with Harper. You know, I don't have any plans on spanking him. I think it's going to be very similar to what I do with Harper. But with Harper, there's been a lot of trial and error as I figured out how to discipline her. Because Harper isn't quite like me. You know, she she's big on communication. She likes to discuss things. She listens for the most part. But... I would say the biggest difference between me and Harper is that I didn't have a temper and Harper definitely has a temper, which she gets from you and from her dad. Yeah, she does that. But I also noticed with Harper, in all of that, Harper still, though, does not want to upset you or disappoint you. Right. So, you know, what I keep trying to, when when I'm keeping Harper or, or when I'm around Harper and she's misbehaving and she's having one of her tantrums or whatever, I try to remind myself that Harper is very advanced and very mature for her age, mm -hmm. but she's still just a baby. Right. Mm -hmm. She is. So, you know, that's kind of like the parallel you have to draw in your mind and, and keep, rem keep reminding yourself, yeah, she has an outstanding vocabulary. Yes, she can do all these things, but... She's still, she's only three years old. Uh -huh. I should remind myself of that a lot because I feel like as, because she is mature and because she's a girl, 
I sometimes find myself expecting more from her for for some reason. And I have to remind myself that she's still just three, you know, Mm -hmm. she's, she, she's not going to act any mature than any more mature than she is all the time. You know what I'm saying? And so I try to give her, give her some grace Grace. and let her be three and, you know, acknowledge that she's going to make mistakes. She's going to do little things. And we went through a really, I guess, rough period with Harper. I feel like, towards the end of my pregnancy with Jackson and up until he was probably about four or five months, Harper was just very challenging. But there was a lot going on for her at that time Mm -hmm. that I acknowledge 100%. I was pregnant, you know, at first and she was, there was things that I couldn't do and she was coming to terms with the fact that I couldn't do it. And then Mm -hmm. she had this new baby, you know, come into the, the house and rock her whole world. So, that was a big change. And then during this also, you know, my husband was in Japan, DJ was away. So Mm -hmm. like she was dealing with dad's absence and all of this, I feel like just snowballed and made for a kind of rambunctious few months for her. Right. And I understand too, with all of that, being only three, she does not know how to vocalize those emotions. Exactly. So that was the first kind of rough patch with her. And then she had another kind of really rough period where it was like probably about six weeks where I felt like she was just like hard, you know, like hard to parent, hard to deal with. And I don't exactly know why that was. It could have just honestly been kind of like a a growing transitional period of her testing limits. Mm -hmm. However, during that second period, I did end up resulting to spanking her for, you know, I'd say I probably tried it for two weeks of that period because I kind of had felt like I was at my wits end. I had tried everything else. It wasn't working. She was not only was she being just quite frankly, like bad, (laughs) but she was also being disrespectful was the thing. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that's the thing with Harper that makes it tricky is that she is sometimes so mature and her vocabulary is so advanced. And so she was, you know, talking back and all the things. She'll cut you deep now. Yeah. I mean, she gets that from you. Right. (laughs) There was a time where, you know, DJ even said this DJ will not lay a hand on Harper ever. Mm -hmm. I think that's just a father daughter thing. But he even said like, I think you need to spike her off of that. Like you, she need a little spanking. And for Mm -hmm. him to say that Mm kind of shows you that it was kind of bad. It was short lived and we are on the other side of it. But like I said, I did try spanking and going back to what you were saying earlier about spanking, I learned very quickly that it was not working for Harper. Mm -hmm. And so obviously I stopped and I haven't spanked her since. And I honestly regret that I did it even for those two weeks because she still sometimes brings it up. Mm -hmm. So I, I can tell that it impacted her. And I won't say it was all negative. It's not like she's traumatized, but like now she'll be like, I better not, she'll say like, oh, if I do that, mommy might spank me. And I'm like, Harper, I think I've just spanked you maybe four times, like over those two weeks. It's not like it was daily. You know what I'm saying? But it's stuck in her head. Well, that, like, why don't you do the, the next time she brings it up though, you know, sit down with her yeah. and explain to her, you know, why mommy had to do that. Right. And, you know, I, I think that would be great for me to do to, and maybe I owe her an apology. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because I'm not above apologizing to my kids. If I've done something that, I mean, we both agree, like it didn't work and it was wrong. Like I have no problem apologizing mm-hmm. for it, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I think though, if you sit her down and be like, you know, Harper, mommy's very sorry that she did that, but this is, you know, this is, remember, remember you were doing X, Y, and Z mm-hmm. and mommy had tried everything else and, you know, mommy just didn't know what else to do. Yeah. But we've, but I, mommy found out there is a, a better way for me to, you know, get you to not do things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mommy's very sorry that she had to do that. 
And I'm sure that you're sorry for the way you were acting. So, you know, we're not going to do that again. Yeah. I think I might need to do that. Because like I said, she does still bring it up sometimes. Maybe it's real guilt thing, Harper, trying to guilt you too. But on, on the flip side, <laughs> while I'm saying it didn't work, the fact that she, she did remembers. bring it up, she remembers. And like, it does stop her from doing things sometimes, remembering those few times that I did spank her. So mm -hmm. maybe it was, you know, maybe yeah. it did work. I don't know. However, what I was going to say is that I stopped because I started noticing that she started getting aggressive. Mm -hmm. And she started like wanting to fight when, you know, when things happen, like not only with me, but like with Jackson. She would say like, well, I'm going to spank Jackson. And I'm like, well, no, you know, yeah, yeah. and so I noticed very quickly that like it wasn't getting the I guess, reaction I wanted and mm -hmm. it was only making her more aggressive and making her think that hitting was appropriate. So I stopped it very, very quickly and, you know, went back to more so gentle parenting, as they call it. Mom, do you know what gentle parenting is? No. OK, so you actually do know what gentle parenting <laughs> is because it's more or less what you did, funny okay. enough, you were way ahead of your time. I guess it didn't really have Look at a name quite yet, <laughs> but it's really similar to what you did. I'm going to define gentle parenting for everyone. This definition comes from Very Well Family. I'm not going to try to like, you know, define it on my own. I'm just going to use this definition that I found that, you know, is really good. Okay. And what it says is that gentle parenting is an evidence-based approach to raising happy, confident children. This parenting style is composed of four main elements empathy, respect, understanding, and boundaries, and focuses on fostering the qualities you want in your child by being compassionate and enforcing consistent boundaries. The article goes on to say that unlike some more lenient parenting methods, gentle parenting encourages age-appropriate discipline that teaches valuable life lessons. Those who practice gentle parenting encourage working together as a family to teach their kids how to express their feelings, but in a socially acceptable and age-appropriate manner. Okay. Overall, I'd say that it's currently the most popular way to parent and discipline kids. And it's seen as, you know, very beneficial and and very impactful if you want to raise like a happy kid, uh, independent kid, a confident kid. And I think what I take from it and the, the message that's been communicated to me is that you're going to have boundaries and you're going to have guidelines. And those, those boundaries and guidelines are going to be very clear. Like, you're going to communicate with your kid. If you do this, then this is going to be what happens. Mm -hmm. You're also going to stand on that boundary. So that means that if your kid does that, even if it's hard for you, you have to do what you said you were going to do. Yeah, because making empty threats doesn't yeah. do anything. That's something that I've honestly run into trouble with. It's like sometimes I've said to Harper, Harper, if you cannot listen, like we are going to leave. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, oh, crap, we have to leave because <laughs> like, I didn't want to leave, you know, so, mm -hmm. but you have to do what you said you were going to do. And I think that the big thing about gentle parenting, and I think it points back to kind of where your mom was, mis I won't even say mistaken, I mean, poorly educated because she only did what she knew how to do or what she thought was appropriate i'm not excusing her behavior mm -hmm. at all but at the end of the day she didn't when you know better you do better we hope and she didn't know any better is what we'll we'll say about okay. her <laughs> you're like baby <laughs> but in gentle parenting you're taught that your kids punishments or really consequence need to match their action and so you did a really good job of that with me by saying hey you colored on the wall with those crayons so the crayons are going to get taken away. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if you made sure that 
it it matched up. It wasn't, oh, you colored on the wall, so no TV. Right. You know, you made sure that it was like communicated why it wasn't appropriated, appropriated, <laughs> <laughs> communicated why it wasn't appropriate, why I shouldn't do it. And you made sure that the consequence lined up with the action so that it would make sense in my head as mm-hmm. a three-year-old, as a four-year-old, whatever. Right. Yeah, I think that's important. Now you have to, you know, basically for some, like, a, like Frederick, get on your kid's level Mm -hmm. and, you know, get that, explain things the way that their mindset, whether it's, you know, three, four, five, whatever it is, explain things so that they can understand it at that that stage. But in all of this, though, I still feel like communication is just the key. Right. Talking to your kids and, and explaining to them, no, this is what, you know, we don't do this. This is why we don't do it. This is what's going to happen if you do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, but still, in all of that, though, I'm going to love you no matter what. Yeah. I think that has to be communicated 100%. Because at the end of the day, I think that kids are just more likely to respect people that they know love them. That's how it was for me, you know, with you. I knew that you loved me. And so I wanted to give you respect, mm-hmm. you know? You know, you have to, all moms learn how to do that, that thing where you show your teeth, but you're smiling and it's like, yeah. don't do that. But in all of that, you know, kids need to feel like, and, and I'll say kids, but everybody, even let's talk about, you know, male, female relationships. We all just want to be heard mm-hmm. and want the other person that we're talking to, to acknowledge that they hear us right. and that whatever it is we're feeling, you know, Harper's having a tantrum because of whatever, you know, validate. I understand that this is what you're feeling mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's okay to feel that way, but let's find another way to express that. Exactly. Exactly. I agree. And, you know, if you had asked me, gosh, when were we going through Harper's kind of rough patch? Maybe six months ago. If you had asked me if gentle parenting was working at that period, I'd be like, no, like it's not working for my kid. However, now I feel like gentle parenting is working really well. And so I, I, that goes to show that, you know, parenting and discipline is not one size fits all. What works for one kid might not work for another kid. I still don't know what's going to work for Jackson. Only time will tell, you know, as he grows into his little personality. But how many times have I told you across the board, ever since you got pregnant, kids do not come with instruction manuals? They don't. They don't. It's trial and error every single day. It is. And like, just like one, like one kid, you know, might not be the same as another kid. Like your kid at, three and a half and your kid at four might be different. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm figuring out with Harper. Like she's matured so much just over the past few months, like things that didn't work for her when she was newly three do work mm-hmm. now that she's approaching four. And so it's like, not only is it not one size fits all in terms of different kids, but even with the same kid, right. you know it's what I'm saying? It's always ever, it's ever changing. It's flowing. I remember, you know, being in Japan and Harper would, again, she would get so upset and she would have these, you know, these wow, I want to say tantrums, but they weren't really tantrums. But I remember saying, you know, you know talking to her, I'm like, okay, well, Harper, you know, when you feel, it's okay to feel that way, but this is what we're going to do. And I taught her, you know, different breathing techniques mm-hmm. and, you know, that would get her to calm down that way. And I remember you looking at me like, okay, you're insane. But it worked. <laughs> but, you know, it, it worked. And then after a while, you know, I think you started doing it with her. Mm-hmm. You know, Harper, you're starting to get, you're starting to get, I can see you're starting to get frustrated. Let's sit down 
down and it's practice your, your and you said let's practice the breathe the practice the breathing that Mimi taught you. Mm-hmm. And she would sit there, she would take her deep breaths and and she would after say, you know, I feel better mm-hmm. now. So again, all these things are like trial and error that you have to try with each kid. It's like from week to week that you have to try. If that didn't work this week, don't rule it out completely. You know, give it another shot until you find what does work. Exactly. And there's so many different different things that you know you can try with your kids in terms of, like some people swear by kind of I think they call them like calm corners and it's kind of like timeout but instead of just kind of old school timeout where it's like face the wall mm-hmm. it will be like a comfortable corner that's set up with you know maybe some sort of like coloring pages and like relaxing activities okay. for the kid to do while they are calming themselves down because you know it it can be hard to learn how to regulate your emotions and mm-hmm. some adults don't know how to regulate exactly. their emotions so how do we expect that you know of kids right that's why i was so impressed with harper when i would, would go over the breathing stuff with her that she actually sat there and i remember we would hold hands and i said like, you know look at me me and hold my hands i'm like okay do what i'm doing and i would you know take my breaths and then she started to do it too so you know she wanted to you know not react the way she was reacting mm-hmm. but again at you know three she didn't know how to vocalize what it was that she that she was upset about. Yeah. And you know what? Like also something that we learned about when it came when it comes to parenting, something that we learned about when I was getting my master's in marriage and family therapy that I would kind of echo to parents, especially parents of teenagers. I would see a lot of like teenage girls and end up kind of working with their moms as well because sorry moms to point this out and it's something that I am coming to terms with too. Most of a lot of the things that we see in our kids are reactions to things that we are doing or saying, maybe not even consciously, Mm -hmm. but, you know, that was going on a lot with Mm -hmm. the teenage girls I was seeing. And so sometimes I would have to see their parents as well, because we have to have a little come to Jesus moment because like your your daughter's doing this because you're doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, one thing that I learned in school that I would always echo to parents that like sticks with me as a parent is that as a parent, you set the temperature for your household and for your children's reactions. You are the the thermostat of your house. Mm -hmm. And so if your reactions to things are big, if you're throwing tantrums and yeah, they're gonna be adult tantrums, they look different than baby tantrums. Mm -hmm. But if you're throwing tantrums, then of course your kid is gonna do the same thing. And so what have I learned as a parent is that I have to check my emotions and regulate my emotions first before I can even address my kids' big emotions. Because Mm -hmm. nine times out of 10, if you meet a big emotion with a big emotion, you guys are just both going to explode and nothing is actually going to get, to get solved. And so, you know, as parents, we are the grownups. And so it's so Mm -hmm. important to like get your own emotions surrounding whatever occurred in check first right before you kind of come to your kid yeah it's, it's like you said though you know when harper was really acting out and you like you know i was tired i was at my wits end and so it would have been very easy at that moment for her to do something and for you to just go and basically snatch her up mm-hmm. because you were tired you were frustrated but for you to acknowledge that and for you to take the time to be like okay I don't know what I'm going to do with this kid. But let me let me breathe through it before I before I even approach her. Let me breathe, take some deep breaths, and calm myself down. Mm-hmm. Because again, you know, you can't. Then she would have fed off of your reaction. Mm-hmm. Also, too, you know, your kids watch the way 
you interact with your spouse or yep. your mate in your house. So if you and DJ are having a disagreement and you guys are screaming at each other and cursing at each other and throwing things and slamming doors, she's going to pick up on that too mm -hmm. and, and think that that's the way that you handle disagreements. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so there have been times with Harper that I have literally said, let's say that she's done something, we're having some sort of you know argument or whatever. I've literally said, <sighs> Harper, mommy is feeling very, very frustrated right now. So I'm going to leave the room for one second to get myself together. And then I'm going to come back and we can continue talking about this. That's very good. And of course, she's kind of looking at me like, what? Like, but I recognize that, first of all, that's what I need to do to not hurt her. <laughs> mm -hmm. And second of all, that it's modeling good emotional regulation because that's what I want. That's what I would want her to do. Exactly. If she was feeling really upset and she was feeling like she was going to react in a negative way, instead of hitting, throwing, having a tantrum, I'd rather her say, mom, I need a minute to calm down. I'm going to go to my calm corner, go to my room, go yeah. outside to the backyard, whatever. Right. And then I'm going to come back and we can finish. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And I so, think that's very good on for, for both of you. And it also teaches her that, you know, it's okay to take a moment and, you know, calm yourself and that, you know, as mommies and daddies, you know, we need that moment too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think that our kids are paying attention to how we handle mm -hmm. distress and situations that stress us out. There have even been times where I've it has this had nothing to do with my kids, but I've just been feeling anxious. And, you know, I've been around Harper and she's seen me like taking deep breaths and she's like, why are you breathing like that? And I'm like, mommy's just feeling a little bit worried and a little bit anxious. So I'm taking some deep breaths to calm myself down. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's important for parents to communicate these type of things to their kids because that's how they learn. Exactly. And they will learn too that it's okay. It's okay to feel that way. And it's also okay to do what you need to do to calm yourself down. And, and you have to find your own, for lack of a better word, coping mechanisms mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to do that. So for parents, there's nothing wrong with as a parent, you putting yourself in timeout, you mm -hmm. taking a timeout from the situation to get your emotions and your reactions kind of in order before you address your kid. There's nothing wrong with, you know, taking some deep restorative breaths. And then something else that, you know, we, we think that it's for kids, but coloring. I also find coloring to be like really calming. So there have been some times that I've picked up a crayon, like let me color this page to kind of mm -hmm. calm myself down and bring myself down to earth. And then Harper will sometimes be like, well, I want to color too. And then I find that, you know, about two minutes into coloring, we're talking about whatever mm -hmm. happened. Like, okay, Harper, so, you know, mommy, you know, really didn't like when you pushed your brother down or whatever. Mm -hmm. And she's like, okay, mommy, you know, I'm not going to do that again because I can hurt him. And we're having this conversation as we're coloring because we've both calmed down, right. you know? I think that's very good. You know, I have to say, you know, all in all, and I tell DJ this too, but I try to make sure I do tell you because you do, you know, for lack of a better, spend more time, you know, with the kids. But you guys, though, are doing such a good job with both of your kids. Well, we appreciate it. We learned from the best. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that, but, you know, I, I keep encouraging you all, though, to understand, again, that kids do not come with instruction booklets. Mm -hmm. Each kid is different. It's going to change, you know, every minute of the day. This mm -hmm. is something new is going to pop up. But, you know, continue to talk to your kids, listen to your kids, mm -hmm. and just 
you know, be, don't be so strict and stringent in, oh, this is the way it's supposed to be because right. there is no way. The way it's supposed to be is the way that it works for your family. Right. And that's going to be different for everybody. Exactly. So guys, if you are a mom like me, that sometimes, for lack of a better way to put it, loses your shit, because <laughs> we all do, we actually created a little coloring page for you guys that we are going to link in the show notes. And it says, don't lose your shit. And so <laughs> we got a silly poopy on it. Uh, yeah. You know, we invite you guys to print out as many of these as you need. And on those days that are particularly hard, that you are being tried by those little ones and you need to take a second, you know, color. That, that Take makes some sense. time to calm down so you won't lose your shit. And for some of you that have older kids, I would also encourage you when your kid, when everything is going perfect with your kid, Maybe take some of those times to have conversations with your kids as to, okay, you know, we're doing, everything is doing really good now, but, you know, back when this happened a few months ago, mm -hmm. or if this should happen in the foreseeable future, how would you like for mom and dad to handle mm -hmm. the situation? What do you think is realistic and appropriate, mm -hmm. you know? Like I said, don't do it necessarily when things are Again, the shit is hitting the fan, but when things are going good, I think it would be a good idea to kind of, you know, just have that conversation. What are your expectations when you, because, you know, for the kid, I know you're going to do something that mom is not going to like. Mm -hmm. And for the, and, and, and vice versa, you know, for the kid, I know, you know, you're going to do something I'm not going to like. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do something you're not going to like. So what would you like to see as far as consequences and actions go? I think that is an excellent idea. And I think that bringing your kid in to kind of the the thought process and you know what the guidelines are what the consequences are is going to make them respect them a lot more mm -hmm. sometimes you know feeling like they have a choice you know i think will go a long way too you yeah. know letting them know i'm listening to you so what would you like to have happen mm -hmm. you know i always try to tell you you know your feelings are your feelings they're legitimate feelings you have but you know you have a choice in the way you're raised. Right. I am going to have the final say, mm -hmm. but you do have a choice. I am going to take what you say to me mm -hmm. and I'm going to weigh that. And what you say may make more sense or may have more validation than what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. So let's work, let's work on this together. Yeah. I think as parents, it's so important to be open to our children's opinions and they and let them have them, mm -hmm. you know, let them be allowed to express them. Right. There's no right and wrong. Everybody has opinions. We all do. So. You know, just, just listen to each other and listen with your head, your ears, and your heart. A hundred percent. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode. Be sure to download that coloring page, use it as you see fit. And like my mom said, always listen with your head, your ears, and your heart because these kids, even though they're little, they might have a thing or two to teach us. That's right. Thanks for listening, guys. 